0: There are multiple ways to keep in touch with the Wolf Connection Podcast through our Instagram handle, the Wolf Connection Pod. And for comments and questions, send us an email to podcast at wolfconnection.org with your comments, questions, and guest ideas for Stephen and myself. You may hear your question answered on an upcoming podcast. Thank you for your support and howls to you all. Welcome to the Wolf Connection Podcast. I'm your host, John Calvin. Let's talk about some more. So this next guest of ours reached out to us. We put out a call out asking for people to give Stephen and I some ideas about who we should interview next and talk to. And this lovely woman jumped right in and said, hey, if you want to talk to another nonprofit, talk to us. So she is the social media coordinator for Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary, which is based in New Mexico. They've been around for 30 years, but she has only been there for six months, but she is jumping right in. Her name is Katie Forbus and she's in Nashville, Tennessee. Katie, how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having us on. We're super excited for this opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's great. Thank you again for reaching out and being so open and willing to do this. So just tell everybody, so again, you're working remotely in Nashville at the moment, but you do fly out or drive out, as you were saying before, periodically to the sanctuary. How did you get started? And what was the the path that led you to Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary?
1: Yeah, so the path is, um, it's, I've got a short story. And the short story is uh, basically the executive director and I, Um, Were professional uh, connections. She was uh, sort of a mentor position for me, uh, and she was familiar with my work with social media, marketing, photography, all of that good stuff. There was an opening on the team this January. She reached out to her professional network, offered uh, me a position, and um, I would, or she didn't immediately offer me a position. She said, would you be interested? And I said, yes, and immediately booked a flight to go out to the facility, see it, get an idea of the culture, Um, but the, the actual story is a little bit longer and I I think it's, it's worth telling it's, it's pretty compelling. And, um, I have just like the tiniest bit of anxiety about telling it because I have my passion and what I want this conversation to be about is about wild spirit and the great work that we're doing. But, um, the, our story, uh, the executive director, Brittany and I, it's, it's still, it's, it's quite compelling. Um, So my background, I'm born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, been here my whole life. I went to school at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, where I obtained a business marketing degree moved back to Nashville after graduating, uh, started pursuing professional photography, which has been a lifelong passion, Mm. Uh, did a lot of work with social media, a lot of uh, digital and strategic marketing efforts. Uh, My full-time job is currently in a Fortune 300 company managing around 75 hospitals um, with a specialization in the digital marketing and strategy. Um, So that's my professional background. And um, I have had a passion for wolves since I was a kid. Um, I very vividly remember when I was a child, um, like we had a library day and, um, you know, everyone went in the, in the room, sat down at tables and you had a bunch of books on the tables. And, um, you know, it's basically like pick a book, read it, you know, good job. And uh, I saw this book and it had a picture of a gray wolf on the front. and It just said wolves in big white block text. And I said, That's the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I love it. (laughs) Flipped through the entire book and was like, yes, this is it. This is my thing. I love them. And that passion has stayed forever. Um, So I've had a lifelong interest, like um, one of those like crazy wolf people, you know, whenever anyone would get me like a present or something through grade school, through college, it was all wolf things. I think at one point I had like a... Blow in the dark wolf tapestry in my bedroom, and like the lamp, and you know, all, all the jewelry and the shirts, and all that good stuff. So, always interested, but never connected. Um, I first started dipping my toes in the water with these animals, and particularly wolf dogs, um, in 2013 when I volunteered for a sanctuary here in Tennessee. Um, just went out there to learn about them um, from the gentleman who owns the herb. Uh, does the organization um, and spent some time out there uh, one semester. And it was a pretty cool experience, but I was still in college. Had to go back to Chattanooga. Didn't have a ton of involvement other than, wow, I love wolves. I would love to pet one one day. I would love to meet one one day um, kind of stuff. So fast forward to around 2017. Um, I'm in Nashville. i I am dating my now husband and we have an Australian shepherd mix named Aria. And at the same time, um, our executive director of wild spirit, Brittany, she, uh, is at a facility in Texas, a wolf dog rescue facility. And, um, she rescues a, an animal named Nymeria. This animal comes in, she's young, she's a yearling, she's severely emaciated and has extreme, uh, problematic behavior, dog aggression, food aggression, um, all those kinds of things. Um, and the, the shorter story with Nymeria is she was diagnosed with EPI, which is exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, fancy way of saying she's incapable of digesting anything on her own and needs a lot of special medications and stuff to remedy that. So Brittany worked on getting Nymeria's health, um, all good. Um, EPI is really tricky. Very hard to get stable. So she got her pretty close. Um, got her to gain weight, uh, muscle, all of that good stuff. Worked through all of her aggressions. Um, Nymeria is now super dog friendly, except she um, likes to scream at in their ear to get them to play. So it's like not really polite, but um but so she worked through all of those things and then um after a year of fostering this dog that came in um decided to release her for adoption for a home um and that is when i had uh, had puppy fever and i was like i want an animal that looks like a wolf um, you know, without actually being a wolf. Um, and so I started looking on Pet Finder and I found this dog named Nymeria. And I don't know if you guys watched Game of Thrones. Um, but if you did, anyone who does knows that Aria, the character, she has a dire wolf named Nymeria. And I saw this animal, and was like, that's that's the one, even though she's located uh, eight hours away. Um, that's the one. And I have a very long story, long month um, of basically me saying no we're not going to get this dog she's got too many needs blah 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 ends up we we get the dog right um you know once once you see a dog that's meant <laughs> for you you got you yeah. gotta got to take it um So basically, I I get this dog and I meet Brittany for the first time, and she's a little bit older than I am. And she uh, has lots of pictures with wolves on her Facebook. And I was talking about one day wanting to run her own sanctuary. And I'm like, You are living my dream, but I have never once in my life considered studying science or anything like that. I never considered it a realistic path for me. Um, I'm much more artistic, creative, uh, that kind of stuff. Like studying biology in college, I could barely get through it. So um, I never thought that a career in animal care husbandry would be in the cards for me. So I was like, I'm just going to live vicariously through this woman with my uh, Husky German Shepherd mix named Nymeria. Um and basically, we ended up finding out through uh, Embark DNA testing that Nymeria was actually a low-content wolf dog. She, at the time, at, or phenotyped as a domestic dog because she had been so emaciated and she has had bilateral hip dysplasia, so there was a lot of lankiness, a lot of like structural imperfections because she developed this, uh, EPI at a young age. And, um, because her EPI was not stable until we rescued her. Um, she just didn't look great. <laughs> she just kind of looked sick. You I know you can't, you also can't type such a young dog. Um, but anyway, so we found out she's a low content wolf dog and, you know, wolf loving part of Katie is very excited about this, but then also extremely nervous because what am I going to do with a wolf dog? You know, that's tough. Um, So through Nymeria, I was immediately like, I need to jump headfirst into learning everything I can about these animals in order to provide her with the best care that I can. Um, because I adopted this dog. I, you know, we drove 16 hours and uh in two days there and back to get her. Um she's a special needs dog with, you know, a lot of issues, especially after we found out about the the hip dysplasia. Um I was like, no one else is going to take care of this dog. We are the people that are going to do it. So what can we do to make it work? And um, I started getting plugged into all of the Wolf Dog forums on Facebook, on Reddit, on Instagram, started meeting people. Um, I met a couple of people who were very influential mentors for me um, that helped me kind of learn how to approach Nymeria's issues and challenges that we were seeing, how to engage with her, you know, um, in a good way. And she's totally pet quality. You know, she just has a couple of um, pig headed tendencies. Um, But so I had a mentor on Reddit and then a friend here locally who's a professional dog trainer and had a high content uh, wolf dog at the time that she had raised. And um, through them, I started learning more. And then as time grew on, I started um, just naturally evolving into more of an educational role myself in the communities because I saw a big need for people that are getting these animals and they don't know how to handle them or they have questions or they want to prepare for ownership. And so um, I knew that when I entered um, the community, it was really tough to find some good people and good, ed- good education and good um, information about these guys. That's actually helpful. So I um, stepped in and started providing a lot of educational content. Um, and so that was sort of status quo until about late 2020. Um, And in that year, Brittany made a post on her Facebook that I saw because we were friends. Um, And it said, "Um, I've learned that it's not those who are lucky that will come to find their purpose in life, but those that have taken the time to explore their soul, those who have not only nurtured their passion, but uh, who have bled for it. And then the last line said, chasing dreams is easy. Catching them is hard. And that post changed my life. Um, I, my husband and I were walking our dogs and I had a complete and total mental breakdown because I was like, what am I doing in healthcare marketing? I don't care about this. Like I only care about wolves. What am I doing? This is stupid. Um, and then also at the same time being like, I don't have the education. I don't have the background. I don't have any of the experience. No one's going to hire me. Like I, I just have a couple of friends who know stuff, you know, like, And I decided, you know what, I might not have the traditional um, background, but I have a really strong uh, other skills that I can bring to a nonprofit organization, particularly um, the experience that I have in the corporate marketing world and being in um, really big and successful businesses and learning from them and true experts in things like marketing, PR, um, you know, digital, all of that good stuff. Plus, I am um, a professional photographer as well. So lots of transferable skills that maybe I don't have the, you know, biology education, but stuff to bring to the table. And uh, my husband and I decided that night we're going to try and um, we're going to pursue it. Um, And so really strange for me is one of the first thing that i started doing uh was listening to the wolf connection podcast <laughs> because it had, it had just started uh it just came out i think there were like four or five episodes um and oh, i finished wow. really... them yeah because i um i had this insatiable thirst for knowledge i was like okay if i'm going to pursue this i need to you know eat sleep breathe all of this information and pursue it with everything that I have, because I'm in a location where there's not a lot of opportunity for that career. And there's, I'm going to have to do a lot more work to make it work. Uh, Essentially, I ordered all the Yellowstone and Meach books off of Amazon and started reading them. I started networking really heavily. Uh, Whenever I would travel somewhere, I would visit uh, sanctuaries or um, ambassador programs, conservation centers, And um, see if I could procure time with uh, the people who are running it and ask them, you know, what's your advice? You know, what can I learn from you? Um, Because this is what I want to do. And making those connections, because I mean, as we're all told, a lot of times it's who you know, you know, it's not even necessarily what you know. So I was like, I need to meet everyone, need to make an impression on everyone, and I need to learn. Um,
0: You need to get all the contacts, otherwise you'll have no...
1: (laughs) You yeah. Know, know
0: who you are. yeah,
1: exactly. And at this time, I didn't know what my future was going to look like. I just knew that I needed more information um, and that it would come to me. Um, and, you know, because at the time I was like, well, maybe, you know, we could open up an educational facility here in Nashville because it's a great market. I, I mean, this is free advice for anyone. Um, I think Nashville would be a perfect opportunity for a sanctuary or educational facility because really young, educated um audience that would, I think do well here, uh, cons very expensive market here. So that's not ideal, but, um, so that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know how else I was going to make this work. Um, and eventually I went to some seminar or I went to a, a day long seminar at Wolf Park in Indiana. Cause that was close. That was some good education I could get. Um, and I was applying for an internship with them. And, um, I ended up, Brittany wrote a letter of recommendation for me. Um, so at this point, wild spirit wasn't even on my radar because aside from just Brittany was there, um, she had seen the educational work that I'd done in the wolf dog community. And I thought that, you know, she could help me get into Wolf Park cause that was closer to Nashville. I could do it. Um, But then I ended up last year in September, I had some pretty gnarly health issues um, that were super scary. Um, I don't want to say like life ending, but potential in some spots um, and some stuff that's still not even quite resolved. And so with that, when I was accepted to the internship, I was not able to accept it because it was a lot of uh, physical work, I think, you know, over 40 hours a week. Uh, or like five days, five or six days on, um, all manual labor and my neurologists and my cardiologists were like, that's probably not a good idea for you while we're figuring all of this stuff out. And so, um, Katie had another mental breakdown because it felt like I was having all of these barriers put in front of me. Like, I just want to work with the wolves. I just want to help them. I just want to do something. um, And so that that's where I was for a little bit and in a period of like being really discouraged, but also still pursuing it, you know, just having that steadfast faith that like, okay, right now sucks, but we'll get there. Um, And then at the very beginning of this year, uh, Brittany reached out to me. She said, Hey, I've got a position opening up on my team for social media. I've seen the work that you do in the wolf dog community on your own um, Instagram and Reddit and all of this stuff. Would you be interested in working uh, with our organization and maybe helping us out on the social media? And I said, I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to take it. Uh, not even a single hesitation. I think within 48 hours, I had a plane ticket purchased, to go out there and uh, spend some time because. I absolutely wanted to do it, uh, but I also knew that I didn't want to start their social media without having a really full understanding of um, not just, you know, the animals that are on site and their facility, but their culture, their history, and the plans to move forward, because I wanted to be able to accurately represent them on social media. Um, And I mean, the rest, as they say, is history. Um, I mean, it's not that long of history. It's only been six or seven months, but it, it definitely is a story of, of two women with, that are very tenacious, very passionate and connected almost, you know, universally to make this happen because, um, Brittany wound up at Wild Spirit and all of this worked out all because I rescued or I adopted a dog from her that she fostered for a year. You know, if I hadn't adopted Nymeria, I would have never met her. I would have never seen that post. I wouldn't be on this path. Um, so it's, Quite quite
0: crazy. Wow. That's that is an epic journey and to say the least. And I we call that sacred timing. So clearly there was a reason that, like you said, you adopted adopted Nymeria and then the internship doesn't work out the way you thought it would, and then you end up here at Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. So that's it's a lot of the individuals that we spoke to or speak to, as I'm sure you know, the, the story of how anyone gets started to work with wolves is always a long and winding road. It's very rarely a straight A to B path. So you've certainly done all that. So now that we know your journey to Wild Spirit, give us a little bit of a, of a background because I didn't realize that it's been around for three decades and there's been, and um, obviously you said there was some change over there at the top. So just give everyone who's out there just the, the description of the facility, the, the type of work that you do. I know, I believe you have upwards, I think, of 60 rescues of all different types of canids, foxes, dingoes, things like that. So just give everyone a description of the facility, where it is in New Mexico, and really the type of work that, that you all do there.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Would love to. Um, And like I said, it's the part I'm most excited to talk about. Um, It's a really, really fantastic organization. And I don't say that lightly. Um, So way back in the day, it was founded in 1991 uh, by woman, uh, late Jackie Evans. Uh, She was a painter and got involved in the rescue of wolves and wolf dogs um, in Raymond, New Mexico, which is where the facility is located. It's extremely remote, and when I say extremely remote, I mean we are um, in the middle of a bunch of res land, and our nearest town is about an hour away. Um, The two nearest towns are an hour in either direction, So, um, and those are small towns. So Albuquerque would be the nearest city to us, and that's a little over uh, two hours away. Um, So Jackie was uh, working with wolves and wolf dogs for a little bit, met a woman named uh, Barbara Berg who be ended up becoming the co-founder, Barbara was located in Albuquerque, and these two women um, collaborated uh, over the course of 10 years to kind of bring this young rescue um, that was just sort of, you know, pulling itself up by the bootstraps and just making everything work, you know, without any sort of, um, you know, concrete plans or anything. It's just, we want to save the animals. Um, and over the course of 10 years, they transformed it into a a fully operational nonprofit organization uh, regulated by the USDA. And they became an official NPO in 1995. Um, And they did a lot of great work. Um, We then had an executive director who led the facility for quite a while, and he did an amazing job of um, going around the country and introducing people to the topic of wolves and wolf dogs and um, using an ambassador wolf to, um, you know, educate the general public about, you know, what these animals are, why they're so important, you know, why we need to save them and care for them and all of that good stuff. Um, So that's sort of the, 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 very short history of wild spirit and then now it's being led up by um, our executive director who I've mentioned is uh, Brittany McDonald and she's done absolute wonders uh, for the animals Uh, one of the first things that she did when she got there is uh, she implemented and advocated for the policy of animals come first and that is the north star um, of the organization is um, you know we're going to do more vet care because you know Um, I'm sure as you guys know, a lot of these animals, you know, they are very stoic. They don't often communicate when they're not doing well. A lot of them don't often want to be vetted. Um, But we believe in the importance of regular veterinary care. Um, We have a smaller tour path. So a lot of our animals since their rescues don't love humans. They don't love all of this interaction. They're not, they don't want a bunch of strangers coming into their space and looking at them. Um, And so because the animals come first, we have a smaller tour path um, where I think only about one third of our animals are on the public tour path. And these are animals that want to see people, want to, um, you know, be introduced to people, uh, visually. Um, and then our smaller tours, we have, uh, just a handful on the days that we're open. If, um, any people decide to come in for those tours and we limit them to five people maximum, and we only have one or two a day. Um, and then those people can go and see the full facility. And that, that's kind of how we, we mitigate the, you know, the human desire to see all the animals that we've rescued and see all the good work that we're doing, but also truly putting the animals and their needs first. Because, you know, um, we don't want to rescue an animal that's antisocial and then have people coming up and stressing them out every day. Um, And even a few of our animals can see the public tour path from one of the hills. And we've put shade tarp over them to to minimize the the visuals. Um, So lots of things like that. Um, Wild Spirit's mission is it has three pillars. um, And those pillars are rescue, sanctuary, and education. They're all very important. So of course, first rescue would be to rescue the non-releasable captive bred, displaced and unwanted wild canids, um, especially as a a direct result of the exotic pet trade. Um, This is nothing new to you guys, I know. um, But so many times, I'm sure you guys get this question all the time because we do, uh, we get asked, why are you not releasing these animals into the wild? And the truth is all of these animals are captive bred and raised and they're accustomed to humans, they're not going to succeed in the wild. They're not getting the generational knowledge on how to hunt or, you know, what prey to go after or anything like that. They just don't have the skills to be released. Um, Yeah. And so First and foremost, rescue. And then what do we want to do with our rescues? We want to provide them sanctuary. And when you think of sanctuary, it's not just a zoo or a home. We want to provide them somewhere safe where they can feel safe, like a true sanctuary where the stress is minimized and their well-being is first, Um, their physical, mental, and emotional health, um, all through um, supporting them through things like species-specific nutrition, medical support, enrichment, animal companionship when applicable, all of that good stuff. Um, and so the, those first two pillars tie into um, that idea that I had mentioned of the animals coming first. And then education being the third pillar and a passion of um, of Brittany's and uh, the staff and mine as well is educating the public, not only about the plight of our rescued animals, but of their wild cousins as well. Um, Because of course, you know, you can't talk about a wolf dog without talking about the impact that they have on wild wolves and, and all of that. And really trying to give the general public knowledge on how to tell the difference between a wolf, a wolf dog, a domestic dog, and, um, what sorts of ethical care options there are and, um, ethical treatments of both domestic and wild animals alike. Um, so, yeah, so those, those are, that's our mission and everything that we do. And, um, it was one of the things that most impressed me when I first went out to the facility is that every single person on the staff is there to uphold that mission and do what they can um, for the animals. Um so when I first went out there, I immediately got a sense I visited a lot of facilities. Um, and many of them fantastic. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you go to a facility and it's just a job for some people, or it is Um, more about the ego or, you know, any of that stuff. But um, when I got there, I I noticed that everyone there was there for the animals. And I think that's because we're so remote. I mean, most everybody lives on site, um, you know, and uh, everyone's dedicated to the work. You know, they work at the sanctuary. They live at the sanctuary. Um, Their social circle are employees of the sanctuary. So it really is like its own small world, small kingdom. And with that, that means your life you live and um, you are wild spirit. You know, there is no, there is some outside world, of course, you know, we don't hold people hostage. I mean, clearly I'm in Nashville, so you can have an outside life, but um, it, it truly is different being somewhere where the staff live there because, I mean, that's their lives, you know. Um, so that was really impactful for me when I first visited um, and then I also noticed that it's a really empowering place. So, uh, Brittany established an internship program, um, that's done really well for the organization. And one of the hardest things is, um, having these interns and coaching them on how to be better animal caretakers and, um, how to, you know, engage with carnivores safely, And then having those interns go off and chase their dreams to work with other animals um, and other animal care fields, but empowering them to do that and make improvements to the places that they go moving forward, because- we know interns can't always stay forever, even if, you know, we want some of them to, but what we can do is coach them um, and train them and give them skills that a lot of internships, you know, a lot of interns are, internships are hands off, aren't as in depth, but um, we really throw them in there and want them to be better animal caretakers so we can have um, a positive impact, you know, not only on our organization, but other ones as well. Um But as far as um, what do we rescue? We have, um, like you mentioned, over sixty animals, or around sixty. It it does fluctuate. We've got a lot of uh, seniors in our care, Um, so we rescue wolves and wolf dogs, of course. Uh, We also have coyote residents, foxes, Australian dingoes, and New Guinea singing dogs, and (laughs) yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fun ones. Um, The, whenever uh, people come to the sanctuary, they often first hear the singers and think they might be the wolves, but no, it's just our singers singing very loudly and proudly. Um, And they, they come primarily from private owners, uh, facility shutdowns, breeders that aren't able to sell all of their animals, or maybe have owners who are needing to rehome their animals. And then of course, you know, the rescues that, Get an animal and they think it might be a wolf dog, or they have DNA testing stating that it is a wolf dog, and you know they're unable to home or um, you know provide care for that animal.
2: Wow! So this is—I mean, I had like five questions, but you answered four out of the five of them just now. So <laughs> I'll move on to number five. <laughs> well done, yeah, Katie. I'll move on to yeah. number five. There. What is the future vision at the moment for the, for the animals, for the property, the expansion of the mission, et cetera? What What are the major goals for the next, say, decade of Wild Spirit?
1: Yeah, and this is where I'll say it really is a shame that our executive director uh, didn't have the time and bandwidth to do this podcast with you. And I truly hope that she she does at some point because I don't want to speak on her vision, but um, having communicated with her extensively, um, we would love to expand. Um you know, uh, we have I think it's over a hundred and of sixty a hundred and sixty acres of land that we own, and we have these massive, beautiful enclosures. And you know, the dream would be to um, to continue to expand those enclosures. You know, in order to do that, we have to hire more staff and it's it's hard to staff such a remote facility. and you've really got to find the staff members that are, you know in it to live it and breathe it. Um, but there, there's a lot of room for growth. So essentially our executive director stepped in and, uh, wants to transform the place. And there are a thousand and one projects that we have to do for it. Uh, like right now, we are working on building um, a campaign, and I don't know if I'm allowed to share it, but I think I can. Um, we want to embark all of our animals because we think that that's super important to help. Um, you know, for educating people on how to distinguish from a domestic dog, a wolf dog, a pure. Then um, you know, we can talk about phenotyping all day, but phenotyping is an imperfect science, and you know, of course, no DNA test is going to be 100 accurate at this time, but. Um, one of the things to kind of uphold our educational um, commitment to the general public is we want to provide a resource to show here's our professional phenotypic analysis of this animal. Here's their genotype. Here is either why, you know, phenotyping did a good job of determining content here, or, you know, maybe why the phenotype wasn't as accurate or why uh, the DNA testing is super important and being able to provide all of that information, um, to, to people because, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys know a lot of people think that they might have a wolf dog and then, you know, you look at the dog, it's a Husky, uh, kind of a stuff. Um, and then of course, lots of, um, goals for continual improvement on enrichment. We have a wonderful enrichment program coordinator who's got amazing plans, um, and has already been implementing things things. Um, So basically, you've got a lot of people that have joined the organization in the last couple of years, and all with the desire to help it grow and have a better reach, um, but limited resources and the staffing. Um, So as far as what the exact expansions are, Not quite sure yet. We would love to get involved with uh, Mexican Gray Species uh, Survival Plans. I am uh, meeting with the Endangered Wolf Center of uh, Missouri next week to talk to them about how they got involved with the SSPs and sort of how we could, as um, a facility that's in New Mexico where they are native, uh, where we could get involved in that and potentially, you know, have animals that we could release into the wild. Um, That would be fantastic. Um, and, and lots of things like that. Um, but there's certainly a lot of like work that we have to do to even get to the point where we can do these things, but certainly trying as hard as we can to, to chase them.
0: Yeah. There's a lot, it's amazing the amount of similarities that Wolf Connection, uh, and Wild Spirit have, uh, just in, in certain, uh, enrichment ideas and, and the tours and things that you guys are doing to really get the, the educational aspect out, out there, I think, which is incredibly important, for you as the social media coordinator, what has that been like to, what's your outreach like? What is your, you know, what education are you putting out there? Is it mostly educational posts? We we started following you just a little while ago. So what is your your bandwidth for that and how you you post about the sanctuary? Have you and Brittany talked about how Wild Spirit was marketed before and how differently you want it to be marketed after not not that it was marketed negatively but how to really get more attention towards the animals the sanctuary the staff and everything that you're trying to move forward
1: yeah absolutely so um when i when i first went out to wild spirit the very first thing i did so i flew from nashville to albuquerque got in the rescue van. We drove to Dallas. Is that the East Texas uh, city? Yep. Drove all the way to Dallas on a, on a rescue um, and then drove back to Rhema, uh with with the rescue resident. And so during that time, we had a lot of time to talk wild spirit and the history of wild spirit and goals moving forward, um, which was really a, a great foundation for before even getting to the facility. Um, but two of the biggest shifts um, that we've done one is we are no longer anti-ownership. Uh, we were anti-ownership and um, very heavily communicated that for you know about 30 years, and we noticed that it did not have any impact on the amount of animal intakes uh, that we were getting. It wasn't resonating with the general public, and we decided you know we've been alienating and villainizing a lot of people who are in distress um, and in crisis situations with their animals. So instead of condemning them when they reach out to us for help or making them feel bad because they got in over their heads, we want to help equip them with tools to be better animal caretakers. If they're willing to put in the work, give them resources, knowledge, education, instead of making them feel bad, because we think that that sort of information, you know, You tell someone, hey, you can't have a wolf dog. There are going to be a lot of people that say, I can do whatever I want. I'm going to get a wolf dog. And then that's oftentimes the person that is going to need to rehome it. So if we can at least equip people with knowledge about what these animals actually are, the level, the insane level of care that they require and commitment and the differences of providing care, even for a low content. I mean, my life revolves around Nymeria and she's less than a quarter wolf and I would not recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't recommend it to my worst enemy. I wouldn't recommend it to my best friend. Um, but it is, possible for some people. There are amazing um, private owners who do great jobs and have um, great ambassadors that do Um, a good job of going out into the public and um, introducing their animals to people because wolf dogs are often the closest most people in the world are going to get to a wild wolf. You know, not everybody gets the opportunity to go on a Yellowstone tour and see them um, or even visit a facility that has them. And so um, they're a great opportunity to help educate the public on on what the, the wild counterparts need Um, so that was a big change for us and it's definitely, um, a tricky one because, you know, you want to navigate, you're not recommending it to anyone. You know, like I said, I personally wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't do it again. Um, and I think that my friends with the high contents are like you're crazy, but that's okay. As long as you're, you know, giving great animal husbandry practices for the animal and the animals living safe, happy, healthy life. Um, so that was a big shift for us um, and very, very tricky thing to navigate. Um, but then the other thing that we changed was uh, the animals. So, you know, closing down a lot of our uh, tour path uh, so that the animals that would be stressed with visitors, they don't have to engage. And we also don't go um, off site with our animals anymore. Uh, because we don't have anyone currently that's a good candidate for that kind of ambassador work. Um, In the past, there was a lot of pressure to to force some of our animals into those interactions. Um, And while we're not opposed to anything like that at all, um, you know, with a lot of rescues, we just unfortunately don't have anyone that is a good fit for that kind of work right now. And, you know, cross our fingers and hope that one day we will have an animal that is equipped for that kind of education and outreach. But, um, in the meantime, focusing a lot on the education and stuff that we can do, you know, locally and online. Um, so to, to go back to like the question on educating online, um, we, we do a good balance of fun content because a lot of our followers want to see our rescues. They don't I don't want to say they don't care about, you know, wolves, because of course they do. Um, They love them. That's why they follow us. But they are very attached to the stories of our rescues. You know, we've got about 60 critters in our care. And A lot of them came from situations that are not ideal, and so it's really uh, lovely to be able to provide content and, um, you know, share their stories and show that, like, look at the happy lives that they're living now, Um, paired with wanting to not be a superficial social media account. We don't just want to post pictures of our animals because... Um, what's the point of having an audience if we can't do something to change um, the general public's mindset on these animals and, you know, what they're capable of and, you know, what the wild species need. Um, so since starting, um, I have also taken over the education and outreach, uh, position because we had a staff member that left. And so, uh, she was previously writing all of the educational content and, uh, without someone to write that content for me, I had to pick it up. Um, so we try to do a, a good balance between educational posts and then also just the fun, silly stuff that people are on social media to see because, Certainly, you know, you don't want to see atrocious facts about the stuff going on in the Northern Rockies, uh, you know, when you're following a rescue, but having a good balance between that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot. It seems like the education part for you, for you, uh, for you personally, specifically in your position, as well as the rescue is really, as well as the sanctuary, is a lot of the basis for what you're trying to. Um, uh, really give people as much information as possible. And so, um, is that your hope? Is that the more information that people have, like you said, you wouldn't tell anyone to, you know, procure, you know, to own a wolf dog, be it low or high or whatever it is. And are you, is the aim to have the amount, all the information available readily? So they look at it and almost say, okay, this probably isn't the right path for me to go down as a pet owner um I can stick with the regular domesticated dog or cat um is that the aim really is just to arm people with as much information as possible
1: Absolutely um absolutely I mean that that sums it up perfectly because so many people that you know get into ownership do it out of um I, you know, ignorance and I, you know, ignorance isn't necessarily like a, a malicious thing or anything, but there's just not a lot of good information out there about wolf dogs. You know, um, you search them online and a lot of the stuff that comes up is not true. You know, all the myths, like they're great guard dogs. No, they're not. They're awful at that. The wolves are naturally neophobic. It's not a good fit. Or, um, you know, you can have a really social high content wolf dog and raise it like a puppy and it'll be the best pet you've ever had. Absolutely not. Um, you know, there are just so many natural tendencies and behaviors that are not suitable for, for family life at all. You know, you can, you can make a lot of mistakes with a domestic dog. There's a lot of flexibility there. There's a lot of, um, room for mistakes and you're going to make mistakes with a puppy um, and with a new new dog, uh, but you just don't have that luxury with both dogs. You know, you can make one mistake and that mistake can, um, I, I don't want to say ruin the animal, but it can stick with them as single uh, event learners, you know. It can can do some real damage. So the goal is absolutely to help inform the public about what these animals really are, what their needs actually are, you know, uh, dispelling the myths that, um, you know, the misrepresentation often causes, you know, about them being great pets or, you know, they are good companions for the right people, but you have to have a lifestyle that is dedicated a thousand percent to them, And that, you know, most people and by most like 99.9% of people, you're not going to be able to provide that level of care. So here is the information that you need to make a strategic decision for if this is a good fit for you or not. And, you know, most times the answer is going to be not.
0: Right. And I think that's that's valuable that that points driven home because we drive that home as well, where we've had the majority of our pack have come from people who have owned them, who found them somewhere, thought they'd be a good pet. They're roaming the streets, and they eventually end up in our care for the rest of their lives. Which, again, we're we're happy to take care of them, and that's and that's our goal is is to give them like you guys are the best, most enriching lives that they can have at this point. Because, like you say, they can't be released into the wild, and I'm I'm happy to hear that that's. There, like I like I was saying before, there's a lot of similarities between the two organizations, the two missions, and that's that's always something that I that's wonderful to hear. So going forward, as you're looking to expand on staff, I mean, you have there's people listed that are going to be listening to this episode. What type of individuals are you looking for? If you can put a call out and you can say these are, you know, individuals that we, you know, if you're promoting. Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary, what are you looking for in terms of your staff, volunteers, things like that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, um, a great fit would be we get a lot of introverts, uh, you know, the animal care field, you get a lot of those. Um, but anyone that's really comfortable with, um, you know, this being your life, you know, of course, we do everything that we can to manage work life balance because it is very overwhelming. But The number one thing to consider is that we are incredibly remote. Um, You know, when I say the nearest town is an hour away, that town is a very small town. That's not um, most people, you know, especially around. California, or I'm sure a lot of your audiences, when they think small town, I'm saying think smaller. Um, So there is a lot um, of rusticness with working out here. I mean, our staff and our interns live in um, conditions that most people, I mean, I showed my parents the the building that my husband and I stayed in last time we were there. And um, I had family members laugh at it because they thought I was staying in poverty. And, um, you know, I mean, that can be true, um, but also housing is housing. It's really nice to have housing provided. Um, so as long as you are comfortable being rustic, um, it is great. Um, we And a lot of people um, that, that we found maybe don't succeed here. It's mainly how isolated everything is. So definitely being comfortable, um, being alone, uh, in your free time and not having the freedom to, you know, go to Starbucks, you know, before work or things like that. But I mean, other than that, it's, it's a really fantastic facility where, you know, you have that, uh, hands-on contact, uh, with the animals, you have opportunities every day during animal care to, um, provide enrichment for the animals, um, you know of course the feedings, um, lots of uh, socialization opportunities and opportunities to have a direct impact on the animal's life. And you know a lot of people that are in it in animal care, that's what they're here for. Um, so as long as you're in it for the animals and um, you don't need a you know two-story house with all the fixins, it's great. <laughs>
0: And are you guys at capacity? Cause I, that's one thing I, I I didn't get to ask. So you have, I think, roughly sixty sixty animals at the facility. Are you guys at capacity? Are you still rescuing or is the expansion the future you're talking about so that you can have more rescue, you know, help? help more animals? Where are you guys at in that situation?
1: Yeah. So right now we have, um, we have a few single females. Um, so there are, there, we have some single animals just this morning. We did, um, an introduction between one of our, uh, single females and a recent rescue. His name is Zion. Um, and the introduction went really well. And so, uh, provided that they continue to do well during these uh, introductory play dates, uh, is what we call them, then, you know, Zion's enclosure will be open. Um, but that's not to say it'll stay open for very long. Uh, we're still very active in the rescue community. And um, I know that our, our executive director has been talking with another facility um, about maybe some potential intakes that are on the rise. Um, we've got a couple of animals that... Uh, are very old at this point. So we are not confident they are going to make it through another winter. So that is, you know, unfortunately, uh, when you've got animals that are 15, 16, 17 years old, one of the things that you think, okay, we are approaching end of life, um, that enclosure will be opening up. So we do have opportunity to rescue more in the near future. Um, but the eventual goal would be to continue to expand enclosure space so we can rescue more um, because the need is there. Um, we are a part of uh, the listserv for the wolf and wolf dog rescue, and um, in 2021 we received for wolves and wolf dogs specifically 343 rescue uh, requests, and so adding in other animals like coyotes, domestic dogs, etc., we're averaging about a little over one animal a day that needs rescue, that needs a a place to stay. Um, And while most of those animals are not wolf dogs, uh, through phenotypic analysis, we um, identified that less than 40% of them had any substantial or or any wolf content at all, just based on phenotyping, which of course comes with a caveat, that's not perfect. Um, But of those, you know, 343 only 16% of them had a substantial amount of content, meaning mid or higher. Um, and only 5% of them were high contents or peers. So there is certainly a need for a lot of low content rescue and, you know, the mids and the highs. Um, so yeah, there's, there's certainly the need there. Um, and i mean any organization that's in rescue can can tell you that you know there's always another life to save and it's really hard to to say no when you don't have the space
0: right yeah we 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 run into that sometimes where you know we've had we've had a couple of wolves that have passed recently and those spaces unfortunately get filled up pretty quick and then you're sort of left you know, with with the pack that we have in the space that we're, we are expanding and we're doing the same thing you guys are doing is trying to make room for others. Do you all find in terms of the educational part that, and it seems as though you're doing the due diligence and the work, is that also trying to educate the public about the fact that a lot of domestic dogs could be put in shelters and actually be adopted out and be rescued. And I think that's where there are some similarities with both of our, our sanctuaries is that people, I'm sure, contact the rescue network. We've seen that too before where they are just unable to handle the dog that they have, be it a husky, a shepherd or whatever it may be. And so they contact a wolf sanctuary, a wolf dog sanctuary, thinking that that's um, take it. Now you guys take domesticated dogs. What's the education like for that? Have you seen a little bit of a, of a turnaround there where people are starting to at least be able to say, at least I can put this dog into a shelter where it has an opportunity to be adopted out or rescued as opposed to putting it in the wolf and wolf dog network?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, this is one of the things where I am going to uh, disclaim that I am not on site and I am not involved in the actual um, intake request. That is something that our executive director is. Um, And since I'm not there, I don't have the best information, but I also work with her very closely and I know her very well at this point. So I can speak semi uh, confidently on this. Um, And just from stories I've heard her tell of of owners, is one of the first things that she does is she tries to get a really good understanding of what the behavioral problems are. You know, why are you seeking, um, you know, sanctuary placement for this animal? And then being able to um, provide them, okay um, are, do you have to get rid of this animal or is it, you feel so overwhelmed, you, you can't home the animal. And so that leads to the conversation. Well, if you love the animal and you want to try, here are some tools, you know, very basic, you know, training tools, um, or resources to, you know, help, Uh, maybe mitigate some of those behaviors, you know, like um, any rescue or husky or Malamute particularly could have something like same-sex aggression or resource guarding tendencies. So here's, you know, if you've got an animal that's resource guarding, here's some best practices to try and mitigate that and manage it within a household.
0: You've got an animal
1: that's exhibiting aggression towards another animal in your house. Well, maybe you can do like a crate and rotate system, you know, stuff like that and giving them uh, tools, uh, that way. And then same thing for the domestic dogs, letting them know that, you know, there are organizations that specialize in, uh, homing these animals with challenging behaviors. There are Northern breed specific rescues. And, um, you can also a lot of times network of, uh, an animal for adoption instead of, you know, if you don't want to put your dog in a shelter. Well, maybe you'll go from owner to foster and help find a home um, for the animal. Uh, and then a lot of times we see people—you know—once they've reached out to us, they've kind of hit their limit. They're not willing to invest any more time, money, resources. Um, you know, a lot of times we get people that their animals continually escaping, but then they don't want to invest in um, you know proper enclosure or uh, upgraded fencing or anything like that to try and confine the animal. Um, so giving them the information and attempting to empower them to make the decision that's right for them, their family, their animal. Um, but then certainly, you know, we can only, we can lead the horse to water. We uh, rescued a high content uh, that had some, uh, some, a lot of anxiety issues. And, um, Brittany worked with the owner for a very long time, talked through options to try and work through the behavioral issues and anxieties. And in the end, she was like, are you going to try this? He said, no, I think I'm going to euthanize her. Um, you know, because that was the last resort. And Brittany was like, well, let's just, just give her to us, please. (laughs) Um, instead of ending a life over something that you aren't comfortable or willing to manage, let us take, take her in.
0: Yeah, I think this again, I, I applaud you guys for really putting the information out there. I think that's again vitally important that as much information that people can get and educate themselves as possible is always the best alternative here. And I think that's uh, uh kudos to you guys for for doing that, for you, for spearheading that now for the last, you know, six or seven months since you've taken over the position and done a lot more than just what you were initially hired to do. So uh, again, great job by by you, Katie, and and by Brittany and, and the rest of the team there at Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. Uh, just two more things before we, we wrap up. Just give everybody their, what's the contact information? How can they follow you all at Wild Spirit? Uh, Instagram, uh, if they want to come and visit the facility, tours, things like that, where can they go? How can they find everything that's going on?
1: Yeah, so super simple on uh social media, it's all Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary, you know, we're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook are the the three big ones for us. Um with Instagram and Facebook being the the top two. We're trying to get into TikTok, uh but, you know, video content is a little bit difficult to uh to get when you're only out there once a quarter. Um so that's uh for that. Uh, same thing wildspiritwolfsanctuary.org spirit or much easier see thewolves.com. Um that one's much easier to type in because it's uh, the other one is quite long, but we are open to the public. Um, and since I'm not there, I want to triple and quadruple check that I have the hours right. So it's Thursday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we've got a bunch of different um, tour options. We, you know, you can just come to the facility and do a self-guided tour all the way to we have VIP tours or feeding tours where we teach people, you know, here's how we make the food and they actually get to come with us and help uh, distribute food to the wolves. Uh, We uh, feed frozen loaves and so they can throw them over the enclosures and help us feed our animals, which is a really cool um, experience. And I I highly recommend the visit. Um, You know, it's a great day trip, especially if you're in New Mexico.
2: Yeah. And before you wrap up, let's just call this like a... um putting it out there in the universe moment. What, what do you guys need that could help you execute the next phase at wild spirit, the expansions of the sanctuary, the access to more healthcare, the upgraded housing for, for the people devoting their, their lives to this place. What, what could you put out there on this podcast that could communicate really what you guys need, what your desire is?
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm, Full force for the power of manifestation. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, what we what we really need is to um, replace most of the the structures on our property. They are quite old, and um, I'm not going to talk poorly about them. Other than that, um, on a public medium, um, but we have a very significant need um, for capital investments. Um, our, you know, like I said, my family laughed at me when I showed them the conditions that I we stayed in last time. I was there. Um, what we need in order to get more staff, in order to get more interns, uh, is more housing. Um, we would love to be able to invest in housing to um, get our staff somewhere safe, secure, and on the property, and then um, be able to have the staff to build more enclosures because we have, we own all this land. Um, we have people that live there. We've got the bandwidth to save more lives. you know, an animal a day needs to be rescued. Um, we have the capacity to do it and care for them. But in order to do that, we have to first have uh, the humans to to care for them. So that would be the big, the big ask. Um, but of course, you know, with anything, little asks are fine too. So, and you know, truly anything helps. And um, I speak from the bottom of my heart that this is a facility that puts the animals first and truly everything is for them.
0: So anybody who's out there and is interested, you know, definitely go to their their website, go to their Instagram, you know, really, really uh, talk with them about their needs and, and things of that sort. I mean, we're all... All of us as organizations are in this together to help these animals and to and to give them the best lives possible and to educate. so please help our friends at Wild Spirit if you can. My last question for you, Katie, is when you hear the word wolf, what is the thing that comes to your mind?
1: I, I, I thought about this a lot. The thing that comes to mind is honestly perfection. you know and wolves are perfect. So they're an apex predator, keystone species. They're so important to the environment. They think they're perfect representation of just like the divinity and completeness of the earth as an ecosystem um and they're they're iconic and just perfect mm.
2: <laughs> everyone's already too prepared for this I question now because we've done so many episodes we gotta we gotta switch i up. know
0: i'm gonna have to just change. i know we're we gonna switch need it to up. do
2: like we're to to play like a howl sound effect and then see what that conjures up
0: Ooh. oh yeah I like that. See, but Stephen, you already gave away the secret. Yeah, now they're going to so do it. I'll, now I'll they're they're this you got to come up with <laughs> like five <laughs> episodes
2: before everyone was prepared for
0: me. That's true. I know. Uh, Katie, first of all, uh, lastly, it was wonderful to meet you. This was fantastic. Uh, again, uh, great job by by you, those of the uh, those of you at Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary. Trust me, we will get in touch with Brittany and get her on. Uh, but this is fantastic. We'll have all of their links. Instagram, everything in the description. Go see these people. They're doing wonderful work down there in the in the uh, the, the spaces of New Mexico. In the high uh, desert. Oh, man. How's the all out there? And uh, Stephen, I'll be with you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Looking to support Wolf Connection or sponsor one of the wolves in our pack? Just go to wolfconnection.org, click on the Donate tab, and find out more information.